Welcome to Catechesis, a digital outreach of First Presbyterian Church of LaGrange. Catechesis is Greek for teaching. That's precisely what we will do with this podcast. Take Christians back to their roots through spoken word and study. Here's your host, Pastor James Goodlett. Welcome to Catechesis, a production of Lewis and Broad Media. This is episode number nine. My name is James Goodlett. I'm one of the pastors here at First Presbyterian Church in beautiful downtown LaGrange, Georgia. It is good to be back in the Lewis and Broad studio here with our director and producer, Leighton Parker. If you'd like to hear other podcasts, go to lewisandbroad.org, including our flagship production, the Lewis and Broad podcast, season three of Lewis and Broad. It's coming later on this winter, early springtime. We will have a big announcement on March the 1st about that season. And I'll tell you what, we've got some big, big things in store. We are excited. So stay tuned. March the 1st is when we will be announcing all about that. But for today, we move on to our text for the week coming from Luke chapter 6, verses 27 through 38. It is an extension or a continuation of last week's text, which was Luke chapter 6, verses 17 through 26. If you'd like to hear that sermon preached, you can do so via our website at fpclagrange.org. But what we have here is the Sermon on the Plain. And I'm going to give you just a little bit more background on that. If you heard the sermon from this last week, then this may be a bit redundant for you, but I'm going to just kind of dive in here and, and, and talk a little bit about what's going on here in the, in the gospel as a whole in Luke. And Luke has a couple of big, big themes, and I don't want to be overly simplistic here. There's a lot going on in each of the gospels. But each gospel does have its overarching theme. And I, I'm sure that there are scholars who would debate what each of those themes are, I'm going to argue today that Luke has a couple of predominant themes, one of them being the proclamation of the gospel to the ends of the earth. And if you can remember, Luke is part one of a two-volume work, the second part being Acts. And so what you see throughout Luke is a Luke is a movement from Jerusalem. It starts there and it moves out towards the ends of of the earth. From the very beginning of the text, that's what it does. But Luke also has a social justice bent to it. So when Jesus comes out of the wilderness following his temptation in Luke, the first thing that Jesus says to people who are in his hometown, he says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim release to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to let the oppressed go free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. That is what he is doing throughout this gospel. It sets the whole stage. He is there to bring good news to the poor, to proclaim release to the captives, to let the oppressed go free. And what happens immediately after he says this to his hometown folk? Well, he eventually gets kicked out of his own city. In fact, they try to kick him off a cliff, but then he makes his way somehow, like 
using maybe his Jesus superpowers. I don't know how he does that exactly, but he 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 escapes. So you fast forward to Luke chapter 6, which is our chapter for the day. And again, bearing in mind that Jesus is all about social justice, about equity, about righteousness in this gospel, and also the proclamation of the gospel from Jerusalem to the ends of the earth. Again, the movement of this gospel is from the inside out. You get to Luke chapter 6, Jesus heals a man with a withered hand, he eats on the Sabbath, that grabs the attention of the scribes and the Pharisees, they're not a big fan of that, they're already starting to create their schemes about what they're going to do with this guy, and then he goes up on a mountain and he prays, and, and then he calls his disciples to follow him. And then Jesus comes down the mountain where there are throngs of people waiting on him because the, the word is out about him. And he stands on a level place with them. The power goes out from him. He heals them. He proclaims the gospel. And he proclaims it to a great multitude of people from all Judea, Jerusalem, and the coast of Tyre and Sidon. So already this word is getting out. The gospel is moving from the inside out. They'd come to hear him, wanted to be healed. Unclean spirits were cured. People trying to touch him. Like I said, the power was coming out of him. And then he begins the Sermon on the Plain. Now the Sermon on the Plain, you're going to hear, if you look at this, Luke chapter 6, and then you compare it side by side with Matthew, the gospel of Matthew chapters 5 through 7, where you'll have the Sermon on the Mount, you're going to see some similarities. Because Matthew and Luke are part of what is called the synoptic gospel. Synoptic means seen together. Matthew, Mark, and Luke all have very similar patterns, similar verbiage with their own emphasis because they're using some of the same source material. That's a discussion for another day, but each one of the Gospels has its own reason for being, if you want to go there. But you will see some differences between the Gospels as well, and this is a great exercise in in analyzing those differences because you'll see that there are nuances that are in the Sermon on the Mount that aren't in the Sermon on the Plain and vice versa. For instance, Matthew, which some have said is a case being made for Jesus as the new Moses. So he he stands on a mountain and he proclaims the new law of God on that mountain. It sounds very mosaic the way he does that, but that's not what happens here in Luke. In Luke, Jesus comes down to be with the people. And he doesn't say, as he does in Matthew, blessed are the poor in spirit. Or blessed are you who hunger and thirst for righteousness. No, in Luke, because again, Jesus is all about some justice. 
some social justice, that is. He says, blessed are you who are poor. For yours is the kingdom of God. Blessed are you who are hungry now. Blessed are you who weep now. There is a sense of urgency here with Jesus and Luke. And people's poverty and their hunger is not spiritualized as it is in Matthew. It is real. It is imminent. It is what people are experiencing literally. They are hungry. They are thirsty. They are tired. They are weeping. They are poor. And then Jesus continues on in the Sermon on the Plain, preaching from his level place with all the people around him. He offers a series of woes. Woe to you who are rich. Woe to you who are full now, for you will be hungry. Woe to you who are laughing now, for you will mourn and weep. Jesus doesn't suffer fools here. He is very clear. He is very prophetic. He is very active. He wants justice now. And again, that is an extension of this gospel's focus. Jesus wants to level the playing field. And the way he embodies that leveling is doing what? He literally stands on the level place, standing with his people, not by remaining up on a mountain to preach. And then we get into the text for the day. And a lot of this language may seem very familiar. Love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who abuse you. If anyone strikes you on the cheek, offer the other also. And from when anyone who takes away your coat, do not withhold even your shirt. Give everyone, give to everyone who begs from you. And if anyone takes away your goods, do not ask for them again. Do to others as you would have them do to you. The golden rule is right there. There are a couple things I want to say about this particular section of scriptures. First, Please do not interpret this as some devolution into passivity, as if Jesus is calling his disciples to abide by abuse, to allow for it, or that he is urging his followers to let people walk all over them. That, to me, if that is your interpretation, that is violence that is done unto this text. Because I would ask you this question, does Jesus, if you look at the whole of his ministry, does he seem passive to you or, or put it another way, do you believe, do you believe if you are in a situation involving abuse or you're abusing someone else, do you believe that Jesus would encourage that? I say this because I'm, again, begging you not to interpret the scripture as an allowance, some sort of hazardous, toxic proof text giving biblical permission to abuse or be abused. Jesus is not sanctioning domestic violence or bullying or anything of that kind here. Instead, when we interpret scriptures, we need to interpret them in light of everything else that is happening around a text. What is the theme? What is the witness, the general witness of the scripture? Put another way, in Luke, what is Jesus doing? And as I said earlier, he's doing a couple of things. He's extending the gospel to all the nations, and he is preaching for justice, equity, and for right being made right. In essence, what he is doing 
is he is breaking down boundaries. He is doing whatever he can to do away with the things that separate us one from another. And so what are those things? What does he name here in the scripture? Hatred, violence, poverty, judgment, condemnation. Those are the things that separate people in this text. And they are the very same things separating us from one another today. And Jesus, especially in the Gospel of Luke, wants nothing of that. And so what does he offer as a response? Nonviolence, prayer, blessing, forgiveness, love, mercy. And notice what he says. He doesn't want those kinds of things extended just to our kind of people. I put that in air quotes. Not to our cliques, to our inner circle. He says even sinners do that. He says that actually three times in this scripture. No, he wants us to take it way beyond that. In order to break down the walls and the boundaries that separate us, we have to love our enemies. We have to pray for those who hate us. We have to give and forgive. We actually have to advocate for the people who might not ever advocate for us. That's what it will take to break down the walls between us. That is what Jesus is all about in Luke. Doing away with old rivalries, doing away with enmity, strife, violence, and all the things that weigh us down or get in our way. Free ourselves of that, Jesus says. Make all places level so we can look one another in the eye for once, maybe even for the first time. Only then will we have started the work of the kingdom of God. So I ask you this question as you go throughout your week and as you approach this text for this Sunday. What walls in your own lives need leveling? What boundaries need traversing? What hatreds and old scores to settle need dispensing, only to be replaced by grace, mercy, and love? Because that is exactly what Jesus is leaving us with in this scripture and every day. That wraps up episode number nine of Catechesis. Again, thank you so much for joining us. If you would like to discuss this text even more, please go to our social media. You can find us on Facebook and on Instagram and on Twitter at Lewis and Broad. And again, you can also check us out at Lewis and Broad. Dot org. Until next time, remember who and whose you are. Thanks again. Thanks for joining us this week at Catechesis. Be sure to follow along on our websites, lewisandbroad.org and fpclagrange.org. See you next week.